You're listening to episode 72 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Swapna Krishna, and we are recording on Thursday, May 5th. Oh. So much like this. I'm, I'm really enjoying the regular recording thing because we can actually keep up with news a little bit, which is nice. I know. Yes, I agree too. Um, and it is the day after May 4th. So, of course, we're getting to some Star Wars news. But first, let's start with the piece of news that we're both just really hurt and distressed by. Yes. Yes. And that is that Peacock has canceled what I genuinely think is one of the best shows on that network, Saved by the Bell, the reboot. I think it's one of the best shows on TV right now. Like, it was so fantastic. I still recommend um, watching the first two seasons if you haven't. It is a fantastic show. But I'm just really bummed. It was so good and so smart, so clever, such good storytelling. We did an episode on, uh, because we loved it. So, you know, even those kind of like outside of the wheelhouse of the type of stuff we usually talk about, we both loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah, we I'm interviewed um, Maureen Barucha, who yeah. directed an episode in the second season. Um, yeah, it sucks. It's so funny and so smart, like you said, and still go watch it like we also said it's this is just between this like, I feel like there have been like a lot of cancellations recently yes. that have like broken yes. my heart a little bit like I'm still not over Julie and the Phantoms being canceled mm-hmm. like there's so many of these like just little gifts of shows that uh, we can't I don't want to get into like yeah because there's like there's a whole thing to talk about here with cancellations and, and like streaming certain streaming network but I don't want to go there we don't so have to go there so instead just I am sad about this and um we yeah still enjoy it it's there we can still enjoy it for what it was yes um yes. and hopefully there will be more from the creators of that show who will do wonderful work somewhere else um I agree also, the Moon Knight finale dropped this week. We Swapna hasn't watched it yet. I have. Yes. So um, I, I'm, I'm caught up to that point. I just haven't watched that episode yet. But uh, I, I like the show, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the finale. I thought it was a really strong ending to uh, a series that had its ups and downs, but did a lot of interesting stuff. And the one thing that I really want to mention is, and we'll link to it in the show notes, uh, Suara Sala of the Middle Geeks which is a sister podcast on our network um, for the Nerds of Color, wrote a post for the New Arab on the Swana representation and why Moon Knight might be a step forward for the community, which is amazing. Um, And so Mm -hmm. definitely check that out if you have caught up on the show and finished the series. Season. We don't know. I'm I'm guessing season. I'm guessing series. series. I'm guessing season? No, 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 no. no, Okay. I I misspoke. I'm guessing series. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing too. Yes. Uh, and then lastly, but no, not lastly. Second, not lastly, second but. to lastly. Uh, literally like 40 minutes before we recorded, I think, or recording Percy Jackson, they cast Grover and Annabeth for the new series. I think we also already mentioned Walker Scobella's Percy from the yes. Adam Project. Um, but Grover is played by a kid named Ariane Simadri. Desi, I think he's Desi. Uh, and Desi. It's yeah. I mean, my niece's name is Ariana, so yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and then an actress named Leah Sava Jeffries as Annabeth, and they just look so cute in their little picture together with the like whole cast. These three kids, 
It's very sweet. I'm glad they're casting actual kids as yes. opposed to like the last, uh, the last, the movie. Uh, yeah, I guess, sorry. It's a, I, it's, that's a pain point for Brittany. It's a pain point. I love what's his face, Logan. Like, I, yeah, he's so good in so many other things, and it's not the cast's fault what happened mm-hmm. with those movies. Like, I, I just, it just hurts. But I'm glad they get another chance but to do getting tell the story correctly. Chance. And it's a gonna, lot of times you don't. Yep. But this is going to be great. Okay, now for yes. real. Lastly, for real. Um, the Obi Wan new Obi Wan trailer dropped yesterday, and um, I think it's a fantastic trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it like I'm excited about the series regardless. You don't need a trailer to get me excited about this series. <laughs> what? Um, I know, <laughs> shocking. You know, okay. So, side note: I just got an invitation to uh, save the date for my friend's wedding, um, and this friend is uh, I met her in like 1998 on like the forums of AOL <laughs> and um over bonded over our love of you because like you and when you and McGregor was like announced as Obi-Wan Kenobi and bonded over our love for you and McGregor and I just got to save the date for her wedding oh and she's God. like my oldest online friend I love and we it. still never met in real life and we're gonna meet at her wedding she wasn't able to come to mine but we've like kept in touch with me really well we still talk a couple of times a week like just like quick chats and so like I'm really excited so anyways my love for Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan goes back very far so you did not need to like (laughs) drop a really good trailer to get me excited about this but I think this trailer as opposed to the first one we saw really gives us a little more of the sense of the story versus just being a bunch of cool shots which I really like Sorry, I hit my mic there. So excited. Uh, yeah, I think the line that I and it seems like basically everyone latched on to was uh, he needs training. Like like oh, he trained his like father. Trained, oh. oh, my God. So oh. Obi-Wan is talking to Owen and he's like talking about Luke and he's like, he needs training. And Owen shoots back, sass master, who knew like you trained his father and you just – feel it you feel it in your heart of hearts yep oh that's painful I like oh that hurts I'm so curious this is a limited series they have been very clear like this is gonna be which is great that's exactly good yes we don't need sort of like the ongoing adventures of Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah because like he doesn't as far as we know he doesn't do much and he shouldn't like that's you know what like it's just like his whole point is he like retires and becomes a hermit yeah he's like laying low for a yep. very specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am very excited to see what they do with it, given the context of what we've seen from the live action so far yeah. with this sort of piece of the canon. I totally agree. I'm excited. And, and that's coming up soon, right? Yeah, end of this month. And okay. I was thinking about timeline. This is going to overlap with Rebels. Mm-hmm. And so I just, the possibilities. I know, I know. I'm not getting my hopes yep. up. But yeah. I am just so curious about how the two will intersect. Because they will, given the Inquisitors, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But just very curious about how it's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Today's episode, we are going to talk about the finale, the last two episodes of Star Trek Picard. Yep. Uh, the second season just wrapped today. Um and there is a good amount to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I think, are we going to just dive right in? Yeah, I think so. It's spoilers are free. Spoilers, yes. Like, we're going to start with spoilers. So so I, so I tune out now if you have not watched. Okay. 
So one of the big things I didn't want to talk about for episodes, I think the last ones we did was like six, seven, and eight, I think we did. And I did not want to talk about the Agnes storyline that was frustrating because uh, I had seen episode nine and I knew where her story took us uh, and you did not. And I feel like having that context, it felt disingenuous to have a conversation about her character because I... Where she ended up changed how I felt about her journey. It doesn't take away the frustrations. I do agree with you. There's still frustrations there. But it changed how I felt about it because I was very happy with the outcome, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so agree So how do you feel you. about it? Yeah, I agree with you. I think I still – I actually think it was pretty superfluous and they could have gotten to the end without doing what they did with her storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was particularly necessary when they mm-hmm. had – Q and they had Sung to fill the the role of the antagonists. They didn't need the sort of Jurati Borg, like Borgness of it all. They didn't need her to go like pure supervillain in that way because it actually felt a little bit like like when I was watching eight or maybe even the top of nine. I'm trying to remember. It might have been the top of nine. Uh, it felt like going back to first contact, actually, mm-hmm, in a way that mm-hmm. I was like, I've already seen this done and I've seen it done better then. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. And one of the things so the, the thing I liked about the Gerardi Borg storyline is for I mean, besides where she ended up, because I, I love that outcome. So but uh, I liked that they like the theme of loneliness, which yeah. I did not like. And that was the big thing I flipped on, like. I totally agree with you that this season got a little crowded with villains because yeah. we you didn't need her as a villain. But I do like that they focused on both Agnes lo- Agnes's loneliness and the Borg Queen's loneliness yes, separately, I agree. and then brought them together to talk about both their loneliness. Like you could have had that journey though without necessarily you could have turned her into like a small time villain but she became the big bad for like three or yeah, four episodes it was strange it was strange it was. i agree with that because like your point is it exactly they could have done that same journey and made it a much more internal sort of thing and even if you need to bring the other characters into it make it more about their fear around agnes slipping mm-hmm. instead of necessary like necessarily the actuality of it all Yes, I would have loved, like, an episode with Seven grappling with that. Like, losing her friend and her friend, you know, like, I would have, I I like the way it turned out, like, and I'm like that Seven got to that place, but, like, you could have, it just, there could have been more character, it could have been more character-driven and less plot-driven, and I wish it had been more character-driven. And that's surprising to say on the show, which is very character-driven, I think, but it's, Patrick Stewart character driven exactly and Q character driven and in some ways like Sung character driven um which speaking of Sung um seeing him as a villain was fantastic like seeing getting Brett Spiner just going to go full-on villain like in that last I think was the episode 10 where he's just being a dick to get what he wants at the launch yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's like I thought that was so like I really and just because you know it's like it's just something different for the actor um that we don't usually see and I I really enjoyed seeing that I think he had a good time and I think it was clear that he had a good time which made me have a good time watching it I do wish we had gotten to see a more slow slide a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um from him I think I I almost wish he had gotten more screen time. Yeah. So we could have watched that sort of like develop 
because I agree with you. It was so it was so fun that last sequence, especially during the launch, where he's just like, and he's so giddy about mm-hmm. having succeeded, like despite it all, right? Um, I even love that moment when he's holding the gun or laser, whatever it is, uh, that he got from Rios, and it expl- he like is panicking and that it explodes, and he's like run- turn tail and run away. I was like, mm-hmm. all of this is such so good. It's yeah. so good. It was really, really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I, 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 I loved seeing him, and I agree. I think the point with him was that he was all like it wasn't a descent into right. villainy. Fair. It was that he was always the villain, but Fair. we didn't get to we didn't we don't you don't know that like it. it he seems like the he seems good normal. guy. Yeah, and he's he was always a villain, but they don't. The switch happens fast, basically. The, yeah, I almost think the switch happens from like facade to real to his like authentic self too quickly like the mask comes off too fast agreed like it's like he has that scene with his kid or his the with so not soji i don't remember uh cory cory thank you uh with cory and it all comes to light you know and she is sort of like you're disgusting i don't want anything to do with you um, and the way he talks about her as a thing instead of like yes. a child is very jarring and, I and the moment he, when the Borg Queen is like, you can choose between your daughter or your legacy, and he chooses his legacy. Right. But, but if they had taken a couple more beats to like. they, th- I actually think what could have done it is if in those early scenes we got more, I think they were too subtle with mm-hmm. him treating her like a thing. Like mm-hmm. it was too, uh, he was almost too good at acting like the concerned parent. I think we mm-hmm. needed to see a little, a few cracks in the facade there. Because mm-hmm. the most cracks we get are sort of when they're like, oh, you're a eugenicist. Like, this is not good. Um, yeah. We're stripping you of your funding, you know. But it's still tied to him trying to make his kid better is what it feels like. So yeah. I, I needed, like, a few more maybe, like, just, like, tiny bit of seeding of it. I that think makes sense, yeah. It. Um, yeah, so that – but Sung, um, I, 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 I did like that. Um. So my theory was, I told this to Preeti after I think our second recording about Picard. I don't remember. It was a while ago. And I was like, off the record, because I didn't (laughs) want to put it on the podcast. I was like, I think they're breaking the cast up. I think after this season, they're breaking the cast up. Um, I think Rios is going to stay in the the 20. Whenever timeline that is. century. I know. I'm having trouble. (laughs) 21st century uh, with Teresa, I think. Agnes is going to get written off the show. I think, um, you know, I think, I think Soji's going to get, or, you know, like Issa Bidionis is going to get written off the show. I was like, I think, um, I, I think they are, I think this and enti- my guess is like, I mean, and I think this season was important to do Picard's character work. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they're bringing back Seven and Rafi. I think they're too popular yeah, not to I bring agree. back. I will say that. Um, but my guess is this entire season was in preparation to bring back the original cast for season three um and this season got a little bit of the short stick because of that i agree um um, i i like okay i want to say on the record because i feel like we're being really critical i really loved this season there are so many things i loved about it i don't think we are being too like overly critical i think it's to what you said it's a middle it's a middle book, right? It's, it's a, a middle yeah, and they always knew it was going to be third seasons. It's a middle season and to set up I think 
what gets set up at the end with like Agnes being the guardian or yeah. Borgati, Borgati is Borgati. what we're calling her. Borgati being the <laughs> guardian at the gates. They had to get to that point because that's where I'm guessing the new season, the third season will pick up. So a lot of it was just getting us to be a plot driven to get us to that point with Picard and Q doing the character work separately. Does yes. that make, I don't know if that no, makes no, sense. No, no, I think it does. I think what's hard is that we got all this amazing character work for everyone in the first season. Mm-hmm. And the second season almost felt too full of that plot stuff. So we sacrificed a lot of the character stuff for the characters we had grown to really care about. Yes. Like, I understand Rios leaving I think we could have spent like when he says at the at the end where he was like I was alone on a cargo ship with five different holograms of myself like yes that is awesome make that more explicit in every scene right in every yes. sort of like like earlier on it felt very much like he was frustrated at not being in the know mm-hmm. less than frustrated because he didn't feel like he fit in yeah if that makes I sense I think I think, you know, I think absolutely just a couple of throwaway lines of like, you make like to, to, to Teresa, like you make me remember what, you know, right. what absolutely. companionship was like or something yeah. like that. Like just, yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, I think like I, I said, like, and I, I did really love this season, but like, I do think I'll, basically pretty much all my criticisms come from having to get from point, like first season got it from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. This had to get us from point B to like point F. Yes, exactly. In some ways. Like it yes. felt like it had to move so much plot yeah. to get Picard to like confront what he needed to yes. and to make it like, I'm sorry, Patrick Stewart is not going to come back to like, he's going to come back to do deep, deep character work on his character because yeah. otherwise, why is he going to come back? Like, he's not coming back for to- an ensemble show. Exactly. <laughs> like he's not. So he, and he's, he's, it, it, that's fair. That is absolutely fair. Yeah, this is Star Trek Picard. Like, but you basically when it was, if it's between sacrifice, that deep character work, you can't, okay. In this 10 episode season, you couldn't have deep character work on the Picard Q stuff, deep character work on the secondary characters and plot. You couldn't fit all three of them in. So they sacrificed one. And while, while it does mean we have criticisms, I I mean, what else can you do? Like, no, I think they had to make the choice they had to make. um, And I get it. Like, that's the thing. I think we understand the choices they made. I just, there are ways I think it could have alleviated Yes. Some of it through just added lines. It just felt like a little the the character work that does exist for the secondary characters, I think, it feels uneven. Because yeah. I like I said, I think it ended up in amazing place. And we are gonna get to sort of the Picard Q stuff, which is the best that's, the best that's like, part. Of I'll tell everything. yeah, like yeah, we will get to that. I have a lot of feelings, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, so we talked about Rios. We talked, like, Seven and Rafi is. I'm glad they kissed on screen. I was yeah. really afraid that they were going to get through this entire season without them. Like, like they have made it quote unquote explicit, but like, let, if there are a couple, let them kiss. Come yeah, on. Put it on screen. Um, so I'm glad they did that. But I liked sort of their character journeys and kind of, again, like, caveat of wishing they had been able to spend more time on it but the last episode did a lot of work for them in a really wonderful way um they had episodes or they had conversations we'd been waiting for them to have they had like Mm -hmm. you know there's culmination we were waiting for it to happen 
I was, I cannot tell you how thrilled I was to see Elnor. <laughs> yes, uh, both as hologram and, and back person. alive. Yeah, like, like, I was very be glad. <laughs> yes, I was very glad. I loved um, him. I loved the joy on his face at seeing his sword. <laughs> like, I know. All of it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of great stuff that came out of it. In terms of that, before we get to Q and Picard, because I do think that's going to be like the biggest. Yeah, and thing. we should talk about Borgatti in depth too. Yes, like what I that agree. means. Um, I want to mention the big reveal that happens in oh this my episode God. that I, I was know. like, I like texted Sutna while I was watching it to be like, "What Wesley Crusher?" Like I, I text, I, 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 te- I texted my friend Aaron and was like, "Wait, what the fuck, Will Wheaton?" And he was like. Because he'd watched it like a week before me, and he was like, "There it is." <laughs> he was like, "I've been wa-, like he's been he'd been waiting for me to send that text because like I got the episode on I got the screener on Friday, not a week before me, because like the screener went out like Friday afternoon, I think, mm-hmm. and then I left for New York Saturday morning for the Strange New Worlds premiere, and so I didn't get to the episode till I think Monday afternoon. <laughs> so like it was a few days. He was just like. There it is. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about that. Um, there's we know the f- original seven are coming back for uh se- season three. Do you think? So- okay, wait, wait, really quickly before we we go too far. Do you think? Because there was there's a big to do about how Will Wheaton was not included in any of those mm-hmm. cast announcements. Do you think he's gonna be on the show? And they were not putting him in there because he showed up here. I think it was a consolation prize. I think they don't want to bring him back for season three. Wesley is a really divisive character and Will Wheaton is a divisive person. Um, True. On both counts. Um, (laughs) I like to actually like Wesley as a character. I'm not a super big fan of Will as a, you know, I'm just, I'm not. And they kind of, he kind of, kind of like a shtick. And that's actually one of my big complaints about his appearance. He wasn't Wesley. He was just Will Wheaton. You know, like he didn't, he didn't seem like what, like, that's not what that, that didn't, come across as Wesley and maybe I don't know why like I don't know it's just like I was gonna say maybe he has become too much of a thing outside of the character but like all of them are big thing like Patrick Stewart is a huge thing and he he feels like Picard to me I don't know I'm glad they brought him back to give the character some closure um I just think that like and I'm glad they and I'm glad there are a lot of fans of Wesley's who want to see what and so like if you're a fan of uh, Wesley Crusher. I actually really I liked the character of Wesley, but I was a kid when, and I know a lot of adults found you know whatever <laughs> kids on in that type of situation are always divisive. But um, yeah, I think it's always, and I think with Guinan too, but less so. She was very integral to the story this season. Like yeah. the whole point of the showrunner's whole thing is like giving all these next gen characters the send off he thinks that they deserved and didn't get okay. through like nemesis because it was not a great movie um so that's kind of been his whole thing so including Guinan and wesley in this season means he doesn't have to bring them back in season seven or season three which i imagine is i cannot imagine the salary like i how much money oh true like you know what i mean like i imagine like this isn't gonna be an and my guess is it's part of why they went back in time um because that's less expensive than like because like, like I know they for CG stuff. I know they uh, they filmed seasons two and three like back to back, and so I wouldn't be surprised if the budgets for the two were somehow intertwined, and if they could save money on season two to like spend it on. Yeah, anyway, maybe. this is just my speculation. I don't know, but yes, I think he brought Wesley back because he 
they, I think they brought Wesley back because they didn't have a pl- whether for whatever reason they don't they didn't have a place for him in season three, yeah, so and they wanted to do the character justice. justice. So he is presumably the way he was the way the character came up as like I was known as whatever he says. Yes, um, he is the tal what time what's her name tal Talon Talon Talon. I'm like Talon, like, I think it's, I always say Talon. I, I always say Talon, but I think it's Talon. Talon, because I keep saying yeah. Talos, which is from something else. It's from Star Trek: The Original Series. <laughs> Why do I know Talos that? For I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But he is the person who would have. His organization is the person who would have charged Talon with watching. Renee exactly. So it. if you want background on this and you don't. No, watch Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, the first season episode where no one has gone before, and the, I think it's the fifth season episode, Journey's End. And that's basically the arc of Wesley Crusher. He meets the tra- a traveler in, um, uh, in where no one has gone before, and then the traveler appears like once or twice more in the series, and then Journey's End is kind of the end of Wesley's Crusher journey, tra- Wesley Crusher's journey on the Enterprise. And so, yeah. Oh, Okay. All right. Yeah, so well, it's it's, it's very ti- yeah it's very tied into what Got his it. character's journey on next gen. Um, but so yeah, you can watch those episodes if you want more background. But I am very glad they brought him back. Like I'm very glad that, and I'm glad that Will Wheaton like like whatever. I he has a lot of love for that character. Yeah, and I would have honestly yeah. just felt bad if he's um, the only one not included. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, he's a like I said, he's a divisive person. And but putting that aside, like. Um, my um, other question for you before we move too far away from the other plot yes. stuff is Soong taking out the file after yes. Corey has deleted everything off his computer um, for Project Con. Project Con. Okay, so we've known for a while that uh, since the Enterprise Star Trek Enterprise episodes – uh, Google it. <laughs> I can't remember the names. Like, you don't a- have to remember. <laughs> There's a three-part episode where, like, the number of the number of characters Brent Spiner has played, the number of songs Brent Spiner has played across like the Star Trek franchise is impressive. But Eric Sung uh, was on Star. It's a three-parter, which you find out that before he got involved in, before the songs, I guess the because like the it's like the family legacy moved from father to son. I don't know. Are they all clones? I don't know. They all look the same. Who knows? Yep. But um. <laughs> Regardless, before they moved on to, like, AI and, like, creating data, they were involved in eugenics. So, like, so, so, Adam Sung being a eugenicist is not, like, unprecedented. Like, we knew that from Enterprise. So, Khan Noonien Singh is, like, the Star Trek baddie. Like, original series episode Space Seed and Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. That's really what you need to know. Although... That Enterprise uh, three-parter is important. And in Strange New Worlds, which I'll talk about later, uh, I think it's Khan's daughter is a crew member on the Enterprise. Huh. Lan Noonien Singh. Yeah. So really excited to see what they where they take her. But because between this Adam Sung thing and Lan being on uh, Strange New Worlds, they're clearly going back to the Khan story and the eugenics and the um the what were the eugenics wars on earth they're clearly picking up those threads again yeah. so which is it's a good story it's basically um a bunch of like khan is was a genetically engineered 
um, genetically engineered being. He has superior, like, intellect, superior, you know, not, like, everything. Not Punjabi, as Punjabi as it might sound. <laughs> Played by Ricardo Montalban, so. Um, Khan Singh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, anyway, so it is, uh, it, it's basically the, 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 the implication there is that, uh, that's all that Adam Sung has left. And so he's going to become intim- Im- intimately involved in the Khan project, which is like, it, it leads to war, at least mm-hmm. like World War Three on earth and like billions of people dying. And it's, it's, um, it's just it's it's bad <laughs> it's bad so but a very compelling villain a compelling story especially like right now yeah um, and so i'm excited for them to explore it uh yeah i was just curious because i don't have all that background and it was yeah. so it was such like a meaningful shot and like a clearly yes. like everything else he's lost everything else so he turns he to this con. like con yeah. project and I feel like Khan, the name as a Star Trek villain, like, even if you don't know, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things like yeah. you recognize it, yeah. you know that there's a big baddie in Star Trek named Khan, even if you don't know, like, anything about his role. I, like, vaguely did. remember, like, I watched that Star Trek movie, the second mm-hmm. the second one? It's the second yeah. one, right? So With Benedict Cumberbatch? Um, um, oh yeah, that's the new the new Star Trek, Star Trek yeah, yeah, Into yeah. Darkness. That one, yeah. Into Darkness. Yeah, it's also I, the second. It's also the second original Star Trek movie. It's Star oh, Trek that's the funny. Of Khan. That's funny. So, um, yeah. no, because I watched it and I don't remember anything at all. Yeah, like, other than new, that, thinking it was funny. That movie is not great. Uh, right. That's that's yeah. I mean, I actually really liked that 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 reboot. I, I love I really the first liked, one. I, I love the first one. I love. I love the third one. I don't um, think I saw the third one. I love it. It's very much about like family and like that's nice. It, it, yeah, I liked it Maybe and about like it. what it what it kind of what it means to belong, what it means to be a part of something greater and fight for something greater like the Federation and Starfleet. I really liked the third one. The second one was not my yeah, favorite. The second one was rough. Um, I feel like I vaguely remember. Um okay. Yeah. I think I'm trying to remember if that's all the like big plot stuff outside of Picard and Q and Borgatti. I think so. Right? I feel like there's, I mean, there's Guinan and Guinan, the like, end I, I scene like, with her as well. I feel like Guinan comes into, I'm like kind of including like, because I want to talk a little bit about the Rene Picard stuff and like that. Mm-hmm. That I'm all including with Picard's journey. Because okay. why don't we start? Yeah, okay, we start with Picard's journey, but you kind of direct how you want it to go because there's a lot to talk about. There's so much. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so like we said, this this season is clearly Picard character study. I still can't get over how well you predicted what like the cuteness of it all was amazing because I felt completely ready and based on just what you told me to watch and the conversation we had completely ready to like dive into this and completely like the weight of the final conversation i'm so glad i had you watch tapestry yeah because like that's one that nobody ever watches and people forget as a q episode because it doesn't have q in the title but like it's so like i feel like that is the spirit this is the spiritual successor of that episode it's it was not lost on me at all despite not having this like long star trek history how important and meaningful that final conversation was because you gave me that context through what through the list you provided which like we were linking to it we'll link to it again in the show notes in case you you hadn't checked it out um but it 
I feel like I was like laughing about it last night and I think I texted it to you of like when Talon is having that final conversation prior to her making her choice uh, at the launch with Picard in the 10th episode, right? That is mm-hmm, the 10th mm-hmm. episode. And yep, she's basically like, you don't get to take away my agency. My death is not yours. And I was like, that's the whole last lesson. Yes. That's it. That's the lesson for Picard. Yeah. That's what this entire season has been about and what the entire journey for this character has been about, right? Yes. And like, I like the one she says at the very, very end when she's dying, like your guilt has saved worlds. Yes. But it's, and so like, it's not that he hasn't done good things with his like yes. immense sense of responsibility, but it's just that these are not your burdens to carry. And there's a certain arrogance there thinking that everything, you know, like there's a certain arrogance that comes with thinking everything is your fault. Yes. Because like, it's not. And, but it's also with him, it's not, it's just a immense sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I loved that. It's, it's funny because you, when Q and he have that conversation at the end, um, and Q basically (sighs) is like, you have to allow yourself, you can allow yourself to be loved because he asked him the question, like, if you moved the key, does your mother live? And it's like, that's not the point. And it, yeah, it, it sort of puts it in context. Like, it's great that Picard did these wonderful things, but you can't forget the individual. You can't forget your own health. It, it's sort of, I'm like tying it back to activism a little bit and how to be a be- the best activist you can be, which is to remember you cannot be a strong advocate for others if you're not a strong advocate for yourself. And it's mm-hmm. sort of tying those ideas in the context of Picard. Yeah, I think that's absolutely accurate. Yeah. Um, I... I, um, I, okay, so that scene with you, um, I texted you what, after I saw it and I was like, I just want you to know, like, there is a five minute two scene <laughs> sequence in Picard. It's only like five minutes long at the end of the 10th that makes like, it, it just it, like makes it, it just, it makes it, like, I want to, I don't want to say it makes everything worth it because that implies like the rest of the season wasn't good or anything like no. that. And that's not what I'm saying at all. It just, it makes it just it it was it blew my mind. You know that, what it is that scene between the two of them. Wait, you know what it is? It's it's what like it? it's like Rogue One. It's recontextualizing an entire yeah. relationship with this like five minute sequence. It's the end of Rogue yes. One recontextualizing a new hope. Yes. Yeah. No, it is. And because like when when Picard like he makes the choice and then he hears Q's voice and then walks um you know walks out and finds keep waiting for him and they start talking about it and Picard's you know there's a few like why why like and I I, what I loved one thing I loved about it is that they got the fundamental nature of Q so well and that like Q's like you did it and like Picard's like so many people died Q's like yeah well you know but the thing I wanted to happen happened, so I don't really care. Because it's cute. Like, he's an omnipotent being. Like, he yeah. doesn't really care about collateral oh. damage. And, like, you could say, like, this was a very, very complicated thing, like, for him to do to teach Picard this lesson. But I think, A, Q knew that Picard would only work on himself if it involved fixing the universe. Yes. Like, because he doesn't, he's not going to work on himself because right. he doesn't, 
he doesn't want to. And like mm-hmm. that he needs the stakes to be that high in order for him to do the work, A. And B, Q doesn't really care who he hurts in the like in the pursuit well, he, of his goals. Like, he you says know, it, right? With this, it was like when he says, like, doesn't a what does he say? Doesn't a god have his favorites? Yeah, like, like a god, god every has god his has his favorites. And then like and holds Picard's-, Picard's face in his hand. Okay, okay. No, so the scene the scene that broke me, like I cr- I've watched this scene at least like 15 times. <laughs> and I I it breaks like I cr- I sob every time when Picard is like why me? And and he and then like oh no no, no like, wait. he says why and then he says finish, finish the finish the question. The- it's oh. like why me? And then Q, like, starts explaining, and then, like, Picard's, like, he's, like, you know, I'm dying, I, and I'm dying, I'm dying, i dying, and Picard says, I know, and he says, I'm dying alone. Yep. And I didn't want that for you. And Ugh. it's, like, oh, my God. Goosebumps. I know. Like, it's, like, oh, my God, like, I'm dying alone, and I didn't want that for you. And then, like, Picard, like, comes back with, like, is there some sort of galactic threat? Is there something? He's, like, and no. And he was, like. He was like, no, he was like, then he's like, I just wanted to do this for you. And he says, what does it matter? And he, and Q says, it matters to me. And then he stands up and he like takes Picard's like face in his hands. And he says, you matter to me. And like, I am like tearing up, like, (laughs) it is just, I like cannot even like articulate like what that meant to me to see that scene. Like I like I DM the showrunner like day before yesterday. I was like, just FYI, like that scene blew my <laughs> mind. Thank you. Because like that's what I just I don't know for some I needed that. And I didn't know I needed it, but I needed that scene. Um It truly is putting then- uh it's it's closure. It's yeah. letting you have the closure he needs with Picard. Unlike these other like episodes and their 30-year-old journey together, this is true and actual closure and a clear definition of what their relationship is. And the antagonistic like veil comes down and it's just like you're my friend and I care about you. And and then like cube they all they go to the larger group and Q reveals that he's going to transport them back and it's mm-hmm. going to kill him and Picard says but not alone I know and then gives him a hug I'm like what just, the hell I know what are these like old white men doing to me <laughs> why are you giving me these like things moves forward and <laughs> disarms around him I was like what is going on? I was just what like, what? Hard? Like, I just, like, I'm like, 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 I don't even know why. Like, why? Like, I just, like, yeah, like, basically that, it's like, like. It's like a new girl. Oh, God. Jess, just like, sees the picture of the, of the puppy in the teacup. And she can't stop crying. <laughs> So I feel like I think about just like him standing up and like bending down over Picard and like holding his hands in his face and being like, you matter to me. And it's like, isn't that what we want all like the men to say to one another? Like like, that's the opposite of toxic masculinity. Like it's It's just in a lot of ways is allowing for connection and real friendship and real love. Like, like they love, like they 
have a, they love each other and that's okay and you know that's good and I don't know like it was just it, I think it was powerful on so many levels especially as as I don't know like it's just it's it was catharsis it, it was, is it, it was is like catharsis. a wonderful moment of earned catharsis is what yeah I feel like and like just and and it was it was it was the it was like you felt Picard you finally felt him do the work and come to terms with his past and his repressed memory came forward mm-hmm. and he like you know just because it was clear that was like a repressed memory yes. and the you know and it came forward and that was kind of the like okay you did the work now you know like it's just it was it was it was a very good scene oh my god like it does it really feels like it makes the entire like you said it makes the entire season worth it in more like in a in the most positive way like yeah like in a, in the mo- like in the most emotional way like you go especially with a show that's nostalgic like this you go in hoping for a payoff yes um that emotional nostalgic payoff mm-hmm. uh but that is also accessible to people who maybe don't have the background in this and i think yeah. this balance that so well i am i will be curious to hear from people who haven't maybe like who didn't maybe revisit or visit those original q episodes um i think it still works i do too but i am so deeply immersed in this universe that like i am not a good judge so like yeah please like if you listen to this and you you did not you do not have a background in Next Generation and you just watch the show, please uh, please do ping us and let us know. Yeah, I'm like, just like Did curious. you think it still worked? Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, I think I felt, like I they're both so masterful in the scene and there's such like depth to the acting is what I think gets it really across is you, I think even if you don't have that background, you really fully believe these two have had this like long ass journey together. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was really good. It was really just like intensely, intensely great character narrative. And like, just it made my heart like it just it made me feel good in a way like I have not, you know, like TV yeah. has not made me feel in a long time. Just made me feel really good. Um. Okay. Can we talk about Borgatti? I was in just the gonna say of, yes. Can we? Well, can we start with uh, the weird ass timeline stuff so I can like say it out loud and yeah. you can tell me if it makes sense? Like yes. how all this works? Yes. Okay, because we have a few pieces here. Mm-hmm. We have the appearance of the masked Borg Queen yes. at the be- beginning of the first episode. Yes. We have the travel back in time and to the Confederation timeline, and then they travel forward. From the Confederation, or they, sorry, they travel back from the Confederation timeline to the, um, to 21st century, where they meet Guinan, who should have met Picard in the 18th century, but because they were traveling from the Confederation timeline, they never met, but when they come back forward, they have met. It's super convoluted. Does that did like like yes right okay the look on your face is exactly <laughs> what I think a lot of people. Twitching. I just didn't think about it too hard. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> very confusing. But in like if you think about it, it, like if like I think I've got to a place where it makes sense. Um, well, so like, the minute 
my biggest question and the biggest question I had while watching because I tried really hard not to think too hard about the like timeline yes. stuff because I was like, um, but they were like, you can't stay, you can't change time, blah blah blah. But like the Borg Queen and like Borgatti going off in the spaceship, by definition, will have galactic consequence. So no, it won't because she is not the Borg anymore. Like she goes off and forms her own collective right. Borg. But so everything that, that ha- doesn't that make a new future? Because no, because that was always that was always supposed to happen. That's the point. Oh, so because remember when I Picard mean- at the beginning of the episode 10 Picard points at the holes in the walls and says these oh, are right. the same bullet holes so that means like all of this happened the way it was supposed to so right. they did restore the right. timeline so that was not Rios was always supposed to stay behind that was not changing the timeline the honestly the one part of it that's hard is Guinan doesn't I mean they're all, it's all hard I don't want to make it sound like it's not but like the one part like I'm still sticking on and I'm almost there is Guinan does not recognize Picard in the 21st century because he traveled backwards from a different timeline. Right. In which the Enterprise never went back in time to the 18th century. Right. When he travels forward Wait. again to... Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Because okay. they travel back in time to the point where something changed to make the bad timeline exists. Yes. So up until that point, though, everything should have been so the he same. Should have met Guinan. That's that's the sticking point, basically. That's that's where I'm. That that's the part. Like I'm still. So I think you can make the argument, and we're not going <laughs> to dwell on this too long because I don't think there's a really. I think you can make the argument that uh, that because he traveled back in time from a different future like on like because the going back in time like the event precipitating event never happened to take them back in time because the future was right different does that make it does that make sense it does make sense but, but it doesn't make sense in terms of like but the 1800s still should have happened the way the 1800s exactly happened. because and then that's that, where I, yeah that that's means where i'm like the guinan isn't the Guinan she need at Yeah, like, and I just, my, my feeling about it is the rules of time travel don't have to be consistent for me from one episode, like, from no. one season, like, from one series to another. You can create your own rules of time travel. Like, but if you, like, it's, yeah, like, it is what it is. I don't really care. But as just, like, a science person, I'm just curious as to what the rules are. Because mm-hmm. I it's a Star Trek show. There are going to be rules, even if they like go against what some other series has said. That's fine. But I'm just I just curious. feel like that's they the- hadn't been like I know why they had to do it, but they were just like we have to be so careful about time. Yeah. And then at the end, I know, it was like, like, F- like everything is like they have changed everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think that was funny. <laughs> um. Okay. So the other Borgatti stuff, which is it's yes. funny because I think, um. Allison Pill actually got, aside from Picard, the most character work uh, out of anybody. And, but even so, I still felt it was disjointed. But I do like that we sort of are seeing, like you said, that sort of like journey of loneliness 
that mm-hmm. she's going on. I, I um, feel like it was the moment where Agnes makes the offer to the Borg Queen and yes. like, let me be your partner, felt real. Like, because yes. they'd done the work of making it clear that, like, Agnes kind of felt alone. And the Borg Queen's entire motivation of, like, like the insatiable, like, destruction and the assimilation, it's mm-hmm. because of loneliness. So it made sense. Yes. I agree. Um, I really, I just, I can't get over how strong the ending for that character, those, both those characters yeah. are. Um, yes. It was a very, very well presented ending. I wish there, yes, I wish, like, if if it had been, like, I would have loved to see more character work with Seven mm-hmm. and uh, like in terms of maybe stepping back the villain role of the queen and stepping up like Seven's yes. character work. That's kind of would have been like, and letting Seven work through because, this stuff with Gerardi. Because the, the Borg queen character stuff really only happens in those last few episodes. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, it's all manipulation. I mean, it, there, yeah. it, there's clearly there. It's the Borg there, Queen being the yeah, Borg Queen. It's the hidden truths are there, but they exist regardless. So, like, use Seven to get some of that out for yeah. the Borg Queen's journey. So, like you said, it really could have paralleled. Uh, like, both stories could have paralleled really, really strongly. Right. Especially because, like, at the end, it's the Borg Queen saving her life that forces Seven to come to terms yeah. with accepting the Borg half of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, or Borgati saving her life. But I did love the like moment you realize, oh, that Bo- the reason we couldn't see the Borg Queen's face in episode one is it because it was Borgati. The whole time. And I thought I loved that moment where you realize that. Um, and I I think it's I I and I love that ending was very rushed. Uh, I think like part of the challenge of this show, unlike other shows, I think, where they could extend seasons to um to like to if they need to build the narrative more like discovery multiple times has gotten like gone from like 14 to 16 episode seasons or whatever Mm -hmm. um patrick stewart is very locked into a 10 episode season like it's a 10 episode season show so that is what the room you have to tell the story so the ending felt a little bit rushed like in terms of oh there's a galactic threat let's go you know, and yeah. then like, okay, let's let's go, let's shield, shield up, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, and so, it was, it was, it was like, I'm just oh like, my oh, God. okay, we're doing this, okay, okay, I wow. Kept, like hovering over the thing to be like, how much time is left? Yeah, and I it know. Was like eight and minutes. Then, now there's a new threat, and there's a transform conduit. Oh, okay, now we're in the Federation. Okay, like it was a, but I think it is setting up like whatever is going to happen Definitely. in season three. And I am really glad that honestly, I would rather rush through that and get the ten minutes of character at the end with Guinan. Then yes. like not then get that or get that truncated and get a more fleshed out action sequence. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like no, I I'm agree. glad if they had to de- de- decide between the two, they made the decisions to focus on the smaller character moments yeah. because that's what that's what you know. That's what we don't want. Sacrifice that for plot. Like like we want yeah. character stuff. We want to yeah. see Picard's journey. And so yeah, that ending with Guinan, which this is the part where I was like crying during that conversation. I was definitely like. <laughs> Where we find out what happened to Rios, we, like, I know. which was like so heartbreaking, but also so wonderful. We see the impact of Picard's choices. Um, and then we get to see, you know, of course, Picard make the, not the selfish choice, but the like thoughtful choice for himself. And mm-hmm, it was a really, mm-hmm. really wonderful moment between two 
not only like characters who have known each other a long time, but actors who have known each other a yeah. long time. Um, my one like uh, is that wasn't Beverly. Like, fine, it's Laris, it's okay, but I wanted it to be about Beverly well, Crusher. It was funny because Q has a line in their mo- in their conversation where he's like, maybe now you can allow yourself to be loved or something like that, which I felt was nodding towards, like, in my head, yeah, it was like Beverly of Beverly. And I think um, a lot of people thought that. And so I don't know if, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how or if they're going to address it. Uh, because I feel like they have to because there were reference to it this season. I know. Like, the Lyra's stuff fe- feels like so new new and, and in a strange sort of way. Not necessarily. I'm not sure that I find it super compelling. Yeah. For it to be romantic. Um, I thought she was very, that actress was very, very good with both the roles she was Yeah, given. Orla Brady was very good. Very um, good. But I, like, with the amount of focus on Next Generation mm-hmm. and, like, the repeated use of the music and the, like, references and all of it, it felt very strange to for them to disconnect it from Beverly yeah. Crusher. And, like, for the, the reintroduction of the Stargazer yeah. and stuff like that, which I am guessing, like, they built those sets for, like, two episodes, like, for, like, ten minutes across two episodes? I don't think so. So I think the Stargazer <laughs> is going to be his ship in the, thir- in the third season. It feels like it. It, it does and feel like so, it. Especially with I, them being like, where's Rios? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. nope. <laughs> I did love, okay, I did love, by the way, the, the tidbit that Jane, that, Seven yeah. tried to join Starfleet and Janeway went to bat for her. Yes. And then uh and almost resigned. And then Seven getting the field commission to captain. Like, even if it doesn't stick, like I no, it was good. am really glad she got that moment. It felt strong. Um mm-hmm. all right. Is there I, like anything else? Preeti. What? You matter to me. <laughs> I just don't want to start crying because oh my god I just like even a god blown. must have her favorites yes dying uh so good so good oh man can't wait to see where it goes next yes <laughs> yes but since it's already filmed do we have to wait a year no I don't think so um right. because uh, Gates McFadden just tweeted who plays Beverly Crusher just tweeted she was doing uh, she had just finished up her ADR for episode six, mm-hmm. uh, which ADR is done after like post post production, yeah. like very late in production. So and Discovery hasn't even started filming season five. So I have a feeling we're going to get season, Picard season three. I think we'll get well, we'll right now we're doing Strange New World season one and right. then we'll do the back half of Prodigy season one probably which is 10 episodes so that's another 10 weeks Mm -hmm. and then we'll do lower deck season three and then we'll do picard so i think we'll see picard this year wow if not like very early next year okay dang yeah because i think they also want to not to not to be like they want to get 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 done with but they can't they're not going to green light the next show until picard's kind of wrapped production and all that because they only want five star trek shows at any one time that's what kurtzman has said Mm -hmm. uh alex kurtzman um and so they're way they're gonna i have a feeling they're going to green light a new series as soon as like picard is either done with production or like starts or finishes airing Mm -hmm. okay i'm ready 
Whenever they want to drop it. I'm ready. I know. I'm ready for my Michelle Yeoh Section 31 show. I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't actually know if it's going to be that. There's also a lot of rumors about a Starfleet Academy show. Um, and I don't know what Michelle Yeoh's schedule is like. But I assume it's very, very hard to pin her down. But if, especially for like, you know, an entire se- yeah. shooting an entire season. So she's, she's got some stuff going on. Yeah. And I'm betting she's more expensive than she was, you know. I would say so considering so, the last few years. Yeah, but she did comment on it and say it's still happening. So here's hoping. All right. Um, okay, well, that was Star Trek Picard Season 2. Yes. Uh, what are you doing? Um, you can look for the my last Star Trek Picard recap tomorrow. And then I'm taking a break from Star Trek recaps because I am – It's a, recapping is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I really just want to enjoy Strange New Worlds as a, uh, like a private human. So I will be back recapping Prodigy whenever that comes back. I'm still writing about video games at Wired, still on TikTok doing uh, science. Actually, I'm doing sci- this. The videos now are across social media. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube shorts all get shorter versions because they have 60 second uh, limits. So if you want to see the full videos, they I upload those to TikTok and Twitter, but I also have a Patreon now. Um, to support those videos because there's a lot of work. And so you can find it at patreon.com slash Krishna. And I'm working on my stargazing book for Chronicle Books. And I have a huge announcement coming a week from today, a week from Thursday, next Thursday. I mean, I'm hoping it's next Thursday. I keep saying that. I don't know. But probably next week, I will have finally be able to announce like the big thing I've been working on since like November. Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. But it is always fun to be at the be- – like, sort of at the mercy of, like, a, an entity that you are not in control of because you're like, it's totally coming. Yeah, next week. Yes, and yep, then they, I promise. Then they email you and you're like, actually, it's going to be next month. And you're like, okay, yes. never mind, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, what am I working on? Tarval and yes, Robust is still going mm-hmm. on with Jen Northington, our Wheel of Time podcast. We are – Reading, I was like, what book are we reading? The Fires, The Fires of Heaven is where we are right now. Um, also, I have officially sent in the pre-order thing that I want to do to Marvel. So the minute they approve it, which will hopefully, fingers crossed, be soon, uh, I can kick off the Spider-Man Social Dilemma pre-order campaign. Um, so within the next like two to three weeks, I think that'll happen. Uh, and on TikTok, I am currently running and will be running repeatedly throughout May giveaways for a galley of Spider-Man Social yes. Dilemma. So if you are, if you want to try to win an early galley, this week's contest is going on until tomorrow. And then I'll do another one on Monday. Like I have four books set aside for this whole month, secretly, not so secretly because it's Asian American Pacific Islander <laughs> Heritage Month. Yes. So I figured why not? Um, and yeah, that's kind of like what I'm it's just a lot of book promo stuff right now. I'm gonna be super loud about it. I you really should. want people to buy this book. So I'm also gonna be super loud about it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Um, and what are you enjoying right now? Okay. So there's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I said it really loudly because I'm like obsessed with this. There's this show on Netflix that's based on a series of graphic novels called Heartstopper. Mm-hmm. It is, but I like can't tell you what a wonderful, sweet, wholesome, but also like genuine and authentic series this is. I've heard really good things. I like can't 
I've watched it like three times. The it's so it is about uh this kid, Charlie, who's like a gay kid in in a school in England. He's in high school. And he's, like, been bullied. He's sort of, like, secretly seeing this boy who treats him like – who's, like, you can't tell anyone about us and, like, pretends like he doesn't know him in the hallways. It's it's harsh. It's awful. This poor, poor child. And he ends up sitting next to this boy named Nick who's, like, a popular jock and is played by this actor named Kit Connors. And this kid has the best – I'm sorry. I just thought of Kit Cloud Kicker. <laughs> Did you? If you ever watched Tail, did you watch Tailspin as yes, a kid? But I don't remember. Oh my god, the little, little bear! Yeah, yeah, the one that like that like that like that is weirdly apt. Oh my god, weirdly apt. I'm making weird like motions with like my hands and body right now of him like surfing behind the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't I see remember. it on the podcast. So yeah, um, weirdly apt. Okay. But no, so he plays. <laughs> he plays this like he plays like the rugby jock. Um, but he's super kind and he like gets along with Charlie really well. And you can see him start over very in the first few episodes, start to like get a little confused about his feelings for this kid. Mm-hmm. And this actor's ability to show the like sort of like combination of like con- fear, fear of confusion, not of like mm-hmm. necessarily the feelings, but of the confusion and like the joy he feels around this other boy and the like desperation to like be near him and be around him but also like the anxiety about his friends and like it's so good his like kind of journey of like acceptance and I've never seen bisexuality handled this way Mm -hmm. and with such like a stark honesty to it because like there's a scene where he like googles like am I like either what is bisexuality or am I bisexual I can't remember and what comes up and the like results he's looking at and there's a lot of like horrible headlines about what's happening to the queer community and all these things of like what a kid might see on the internet when they're trying to figure this out but it's all rooted in this sort of like joy and happiness and like romance between these two it's so good I like can't get over it it's like to me the sort of like sweet kind spiritual successor to the Norwegian show Scum which Mm -hmm. I was like I'm sure I talked about on this podcast Mm -hmm. like a few years ago it's I can't get over it. It's so good. It's so 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 wonderful. Uh and so that is what I am currently like obsessing over cuz it's the storytelling is so strong and the acting is so strong. Um and then I'm listening my hold finally came in for the audiobook for a visit from the goon squad. Mhm. Which was one of my favorite books when it came out like a decade ago and the sequel just came out like 2 weeks ago. Hmm. The the Candy House. Okay. Um, I had no idea there was yeah. a sequel. Yeah. So I wanted to revisit the original because it is, I still think to this day, one of the most incredible, most interesting books ever written. Um, it won the Pulitzer when it came out. I want to say it was like 2000. Yeah. That sounds right. I, I remember, I remember this, this book was huge, huge in like the literary communities. I never read it, but like, so yeah. So good. Because I, I remember seeing her at BEA before it came mm-hmm. out. Um. My buddy Ryan used to do these seven by twenty by twenty seven by twenty twenty one yeah something like the, that the right panel yeah like, the BEA panel yeah uh, and it was like you had seven minutes to do a PowerPoint presentation with like twenty slides and twenty one seconds per slide something like that yeah and she had a book in she had a the the series is like the book is a series of interconnected short stories 
And one of the short stories was in just an entire PowerPoint presentation. Mm -hmm. And at the time, like a decade plus ago, no one was doing anything like that in kind of mainline literary fiction of using mixed media in that way. Yeah. And it was just she told she did this presentation on like storytelling and storytelling in different ways. And it was so interesting and so cool that I like grabbed a galley and honestly like shifted the way I thought about story and the way I thought about narrative. And I'm so excited to like revisit it through audio and then hopefully pick up the candy house as mm -hmm, soon as I'm mm -hmm. done. Um, Jennifer Egan. I didn't say Jennifer, Jennifer Egan. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. who the writer is. <laughs> <laughs> I, read her, I read her, I think, her first book, but yeah, then uh, Visitors from the Goon Squad came out and I just never got around oh, to it, so but good. you are making me want to go back and read it's it. It's so point. good. And it's still so good. I'm only a few chapters in to my listen, but it's like, just, it's just incredible. Um. Okay, what am I? I don't, I have no idea what I'm into right now. Oh, I know Star what Trek you're Strange into. The <laughs> yeah, like... Okay. So um, I've watched the first two episodes. I went to the premiere last weekend uh -huh. in New York. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Okay, so bizarrely, I was sitting with the cast. So that was really, I don't know why, um, like literally Jess Bush, who plays Nurse Chapel, was like right over my shoulder. And it's because like, Slutman's Anson really famous. Two rows behind me, and I was like, I have no idea. I'm like sitting next to the director of photography for the entire series. Like, I have no idea why I was sat. But I... But, you know, no complaints. It was a great audience to see the first two episodes with. Um, I have screeners of the next three. But honestly, like, I've been so, I mean, you can imagine, like, I'm watching these shows with my husband who loves, he really enjoys Star Trek. Not, like, the uber fan the way I am, but, like, really enjoys it. But then, like, I'm so distracted during the episodes because it's literally, like, my fifth or sixth time seeing them because, like, I've recapped them. So, like, mm -hmm. you have to watch your show. When you're recapping an episode, you watch it, like, three or four times, like, yeah. to just make sure you're getting everything. So, like, Strange Worlds, I kind of want to experience with him. So, like, I'm thinking yeah. I might not watch his screeners and, like, just let it unfold. But also, like, we're so late watching things I don't want to get ruined on stuff mm -hmm. so I haven't decided what um but the show itself so it is going to be probably my guess is the most popular Star Trek uh of the new um like the least divisive one um okay and that is only because it is goes back to episodic storytelling and it's such a beautiful mix of the character work of the current generation of Star Trek and the kind of episodic science focused you know, Trek of the old generation. Not that mm -hmm. this this is not science-focused. Like, New Trek is science-focused, but, like, sometimes it's hard to tell season-long stories about science, so some of that gets lost a little bit yeah. just because if you're... It's, it's, it's a lot easier to do in an episodic format. So I think Strange New Worlds is going to be... And, like, a lot of the times, you know, I say this to you all the time, like, with Lower Decks, like, which is amazing i was like mm -hmm. give it like three or four episodes like yeah pilot is not the strongest it has a lot of promise you know and like it's, it's fine like shows take a time stranger worlds they've like perfected the formula the show is incredible from the first episode like from the very first episode it is amazing and it is also very very they have a point to make and they are making it and that point is if you mm. are not on board with like equality and inclusivity Aww. then we don't want you as I love it yeah like it's 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 very they are very very strong statement about who they want 
as their audience. And it's really refreshing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, after like the like wishy-washiness of like other mm-hmm. major franchises. <laughs> um, it's really refreshing for them to be like, if you aren't happy with us making, for example, ca- uh, Captain Robert April, who was the first captain of the Enterprise we've only ever seen in the animated series, if you're not okay with us making him into a black character, if you are on the side of insurrectionists, if you are, you know, mm-hmm. th- then you this we our franchise not is you. not for you. And I find that incredibly refreshing. So That's yeah, awesome. I really like this show. I really think, and the one the thing I love about this show is you do not have to have watched any Trek to uh, to dive in. You can just start watching it. If you really want some background, you can watch the Star Trek Discovery season two episode in the Valley of Shadows, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically the background you need on Pike, but you don't have to watch it. They do a pretty good job explaining what's going on with the character stuff in the episode. And I don't know, it was fantastic. Um, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you. I, the thing is, I think you will genuinely really like it. I think your mother will love it. Honestly, <laughs> like, not everybody's mom. I'm sure everybody's mom will like it. But like Preeti's mom specifically, <laughs> I know what she likes about Star Trek, and I think Preeti's mom will love this show. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> um, and then I'm listening to uh, the audiobook, The Excalibur Curse, by Kirsten White. Um, it's a King Arthur trilogy. Um, uh, YA novels, fantastic. Yes. Just like absolutely mind-blowingly good reimaginings of the Arthur legend and I'm listening to the audiobooks which are very well narrated and I'm sometimes have trouble following audio when it's the first time I'm Mm -hmm. reading but I am having no trouble with this the narrator's great the storytelling is clear um I really I really like it so highly recommend it I'm excited to get started I've been waiting um because I I loved the first two books this is the final book yeah um in in Kirsten's trilogy she's so good she's just so good she gets it she like she knows how to bring in the story the fantasy the like feminism like the anger the anxiety all of it it's so good and the romance (sighs) yeah um okay we are part of the hard knock life podcast network you can find all I just hit my mic you can find all the podcasts in the hard knock media family at hardknockmedia.com that's Hard N-O-C for Nerds of Color, media.com. Um, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, we really appreciate it, all all of you. Everybody who listens, but thank you, <laughs> especially to Meredith and Rita at the $12 level and Amber, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Knott family, Priya, Keshav, Ruth, and Kavita at the $5 level. You can find us, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Girls. Um, you can find us on Twitter at They See Geek Girls. Um, I am on everything, Twitter, TikTok, etc. at Run With Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. And head over to TikTok to check out the contest if you are not already there. I am on Twitter and Instagram at S Krishna, TikTok at Swapna underscore Krishna, and um, yes, I don't I'm not giving away anything on TikTok right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Go over to Preeti's TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see you there. Uh, And until next time, where else will we see everyone? In hell? We'll see them in hell. In hell! (laughs) 